0: Alright, we are here, although I hit, uh, that, haha, <laughs> there we go. It's better when I, it's better when I click on the correct things to get the audio streaming properly, because now we get the, you know, the jazz us up and, uh, get rolling music rather than the doubled over audio, which is what I was unintentionally pumping out to the stream for a moment there, uh, doing OBS stuff, <laughs> because it's been a, it's been a fucking week. Um, Welcome, everyone, (laughs) (laughs) welcome everyone to uh, season two, episode two of uh, Belt Louder. for the people in the back. We are delving into episodes two and hopefully three. If we can get through it, we might run out of time, but we're going to do what we can Uh, of season two of the sci-fi show The Expanse. Uh, Now it is a quote unquote Amazon original because they... Can just say that when they buy the rights to something that they didn't originally make but that's okay well, this,
1: i think this season was still on sci-fi I yes know. this this was
2: still
0: yeah. sci-fi <laughs> i said sci-fi at the outset now it's an amazon original i just love that it's an amazon original ex post facto it's just like okay yeah just like retcon that history and say like yeah we came up with the idea of turning this massively popular uh sci-fi book franchise into a uh hit television series um but anyway uh a lot has happened uh it's been a week so before we get into it uh squirrel how how how's everything going for you uh good i was actually i was
1: gonna say you know to kind of get us started off um you know since we've been leading off with sort of a science um uh science story or something every week i figured you know rather than doing crew 2 making it all the way to iss (laughs) which at this point who cares it's old hat like you know,
0: it's just, whatever,
1: <laughs> just people in space. But no, uh, it turns out that a, a very really exciting, cool. <laughs> a very exciting experiment uh, went down at the particle accelerator in uh, Chicago oh. uh, that may have absolutely upended our understanding of the universe and upset the uh, the standard theory uh, in it, involving muons, which are um, subatomic particles, tiny little shifty guys. Uh, they're responsible I understand for the blue milk from Star Wars being muons uh, but Chris being the resident physics person it took me it took me a couple days to come up with that joke uh, but Chris being the resident physics person I was hoping you could explain to everyone what this all means
0: I have no fucking clue you're asking you me to explain like... Like some atomic particles on the street. No.
1: It's all physics. Just totally sandbagging Chris at the top of the show. (laughs) What the fuck? But no, it's actually, it's pretty cool not to put Chris on the spot. I knew he wasn't going to know. But the muons are tiny little things and they like, they spin and do all sorts of stuff. There's these theories. They're like, hey, if you exert this kind of magnetic energy on them, they're going to do this thing. And so when Uh the scientists did that, the muons didn't do that thing. They did something completely different. Uh, which have led scientists to believe that there might in fact be a fifth elemental force out there um, that might explain things like dark matter and dark energy in a better way than we can right now, where we're like, well, I don't fucking know. Uh, 90% <laughs> of the mass of the universe is just fucking missing, and we'll yeah. figure it out at some point. So this might be another step towards uh, towards figuring it out. And uh, to tell us more Science. about that, Logan.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Scrolls on a rampage. <laughs>
1: like, I,
2: I don't know anything about anything, generally speaking. <laughs> How are the Clippers doing? Uh, they won barely <laughs> against the terrible Rockets. Okay, it's all right. You know, we're just here with championship aspirations, but we can't seem to, you know, take out a, a poverty team, but that's fine. We'll
0: take our W's where we can. (laughs) Shit happens. (laughs) All
1: right. Well, let's uh, let's hop right into it, Chris. Oh, wait. Before
0: we hop into it, I, I just wanted to point out the fact that, like, the crew mission is as mundane of a thing of being like, hey, you know, more people being launched to space. Okay. Whatever. It's a Friday. Not big deal. That's a fucking big deal that it's yeah. no longer a big deal like this is good this is where yeah. we should be we weren't doing this shit for a long fucking time like we retired the space shuttle in what 2009 2010 i somewhere in there like it was yeah. a decade ago that the u.s was last able to launch people in the space and the, the russians have been doing it you know continuously since then and before then on the soyuz uh, in in the soyuz capsule or on the rather in a capsule on the soyuz rockets i forget it, what the name of the capsule is i'm pretty sure it's called the soyuz anyway uh they like that thing is old as shit and it's very reliable but it's very tiny very very tiny and not comfortable for anybody um i mean aside from that and then the chinese spacecraft which we whew, given the the absolute like world war 3 escalation rhetoric that we've been having in this country over the last oh well, i don't know 20 30 years uh, we're not going to be getting into the Chinese capsules anytime soon. And we're not going to be flying any Chinese, you know, nationals on in our capsules anytime soon. So yay. Um, but it's good to see like more access to space because space is cool and it's like, yeah, exciting and, 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 good. And you learn a lot by going to these places and testing the limits of what people can do. And yes, we need to be spending a shitload more money on like the social safety net and fixing the absolutely jack shit infrastructure we have here in this country, uh, but we do need to be doing these things, too, to push the, the limits of what we know and, and yeah. you know, try new stuff and do new things because that's it's good for us. Um,
1: and, and actually, on on the theme with, with you representing Mars, it turns out Perseverance was able to uh, pull breathable oxygen out of the Martian atmosphere. Oh, shit. Or oh. was able to pull some gases out of the Martian atmosphere and nice. uh, fart out some breathable oxygen.
0: Uh, uh, so, so, hey. We also had go. the first powered flight on Mars this week. Yeah. The little yeah. helicopter went bloop, bloop, and uh, that's cool. So, go
3: brrr.
0: yes, <laughs> I it think does. I think you actually really can't hear it because there's not nearly enough uh, air molecules in there to really convey much noise from those helicopter blades. But well, anyway, uh, well, I we're... mean,
1: Logan, this, this brings me to my next point, which is that we now need to nuke Mars. Right? Like, <laughs> we just. Yeah nip this in the bud before it goes anywhere just because now now it's starting to look
2: more and more viable and the more viable it looks the more likely elan's gonna get there first
0: yeah and we cannot
2: allow that to happen
0: agreed on that one (laughs) all right well uh so this week where are we get? Where are we starting off, uh, Logan? You're the one who took the notes this week for what, what these episodes were all about. So, uh, can you give us a real quick rundown of what happened in, uh, you know, episode so, one of, of season two? And yeah, and go from there. so
2: as far as like the big thing that needs to be um, established, or at least you know pointed out, is the destruction of Phoebe Station because that was a monumental escalation in tensions between earth and mars and so it was a very important station to them and it it's now gone and they had to do it because um earth was rushing to phoebe and mars basically just went okay well they're gonna beat us so if um we can't have it nobody can and they blew that up. And now Earth is sitting here going, all right, shit, uh, things are escalating and we can't seem to stop ourselves from escalating it. So what the fuck do we do? And that's where, you know, we start beginning with uh, with Earth and Mars. Um, with uh, Bobby Draper, you know, her, you get a sense that uh, young Martians are spoiling for a fight. They've been... Yeah. Taught from birth that they need to prepare for it. And now they're going, hey, here it is. And now the higher-ups are going, not so much, not so much. And so there is definitely a frustration uh, with people who have been propagandized to their entire lives and with, you know, commanding officers who have learned better.
0: Yeah. Well, they've been through some shit before. Like, they've actually been through combat in the past, unlike all of the... You know, the rank and file, all the people who are at the helm, which you could see, you could see that actually a little bit in like the third episode of the first season when we were seeing the Donager and the entire crew was like all super green with the exception of basically the captain. Uh, Nobody else really had ever experienced actual combat. They were all, you know, had done simulators and everything, but none of them had really experienced close quarters combat or anything, even, 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 you know, distance combat. So it was all novel for them, but... Um, I believe we start off here actually in the UNN war room. So let's go ahead and play that clip and we'll go from there.
3: They weren't firing on the hill. They intended to miss a first shot across the bow.
0: Thank heaven Captain Yevgeny has a cool head
3: or we'd be already glassing each other's cities. Mars destroyed an abandoned and expendable base. A warning for us to stop shadowing their vessels. BB station was a joint facility run by an Earth Corp. The only intel saying it was abandoned came from Mars, and now <laughs> two thirds <laughs> of their fleet is heading for Earth. You think Admiral that's just a training exercise? Yeah, they're burning sunward. That doesn't mean they're getting ready for an invasion. Admiral Wind's point is well taken. We must make a strong response. Then let's speak in a language that Mars understands. Their helium and titanium supply lines, which we help defend, are vital to their terraforming efforts. If we threaten to shut them a down... A trade embargo! No, what we need to do is order the Nathan
4: Hale to take out the Scirocco
3: now. if we go this way, what? we're going to be watching each other's ships fall from the sky. Sir, if I may? The deep radar station on Deimos It's mostly automated, minimal personnel. I still Casualties will Display. be light. You want us to attack a Martian moon? <laughs> it's a declaration of war. No, it's a warning. It's a goddamn serious one, but that's the point. It shows that we're willing to strike at the heart of their territory. Degrade the command and control at the same time. I like it. A base for a base. I don't know how we can get much more proportional than that. I I need a resolution from the
4: Security Council first. We'll
3: call for a vote immediately. They'll back you. Sharing the blame does not change what this is. Fleet Command will not... I will not support this escalation. Are you saying you won't carry out a lawfully God given order? God,
0: smugness. He's so good at that. He's so smug. If that's the case, Admiral, I'm
3: afraid I'm going to have to ask No you. need to pretend this is a request, sir. I stepped down as fleet commander.
0: So for anyone who was listening, uh, one of the things that happened there that there were no spoken lines about was that uh, it was actually Christian Avasarala that sent a, you know, the suggestion mm-hmm. of, hey, how about Deimos over to Aaron Wright, uh, who then proposed it to uh, the UN Secretary uh, Secretary General. Um, yeah, so that that's basically her way of saying, well, how about we not actually go and attack one of their battleships directly, and instead, or I guess uh, Sirocco is what a heavy cruiser or something like that. It's not a yeah. It's, it's not a battleship. It's a sm- much. It's not a. Ship. It's not like a flagship, like a, but it, but I it's think significant.
1: It's like- yeah, yeah, I think it's like a frigate. Is it? Uh, you know, frigate. That's technically the what it is. Something gotcha. like that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, she's basically avoiding the uh, the catastrophic the start of a catastrophic war by suggesting this, which you know she gets that how that uh, you know game of statecraft is played. But Jesus, like the levels of the tensions in that room are insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where where you end up being like almost kind of a peacenik by suggesting how about instead of all war we do less war how about we do a light war (laughs) and that is the peaceful solution that you that's the only peaceful solution that you can get relatively speaking
0: i mean saber rattling and proportional response is just one of those things of like oh yeah an eye for an eye um oh wait how does that old adage go um something about everybody being blind everybody walks away fine (laughs) an eye for an eye and everyone's perfectly okay yeah yeah, no we can all just be who needs depth perception like yeah, yeah it's overrated You only need one lung, one eye, one kidney, like, it's fine. (laughs) That's why God gave
1: you two. (laughs) God damn it.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, um, hooray for Christian Avasarala uh, being the cool head in the room. Uh, Scheming Machiavellian that she is, uh, she's so much better as a person than like anybody else in there. So except, except maybe Admiral Souther, um, who will get to see the exchange between them later, which I thoroughly yeah. enjoy. Um, but, but
1: there's definitely like, there's an escalation happening, but cooler heads are trying to prevail. Like they know that, correct. So, that there's going to be some bullets fired and it's just trying to make sure that engagements aren't apocalyptic, that it's controllable, that there's safety valves there that, you know, blowing up Deimos is better than blowing up Mars, which would lead to blowing up earth. Like, you're trying to kind of, you know, it's very much a cold war in the solar system.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's the that's what they it's that's what it's been for generations, and that's what they're trying to keep it as because a cold war is mutually beneficial for all of the rich people on both planets, um, and that that works. It's the military industrial complex writ large. Uh, is is there's striking parallels to 20th century world history here? I, I, I mean, wow. <laughs> Who knew? Um, but anyway, uh, we're gonna be talking about Eros now, and uh, you want to set us up for that that clip there, Logan or or Squirrel? Uh, which one is this? Uh, Eros Eros debrief. We're, we're yeah, we're... this is
2: the debrief. Um, yeah. so yeah, the the crew of the Rossi they uh yes. got out of Eros with uh their lives basically, yeah. and that's about it. Uh, and right. a, a couple they, lot
0: of... they rescued a couple of Belters.
2: A couple of belters, and uh, but more importantly, they have information, and this is where you see for the first time Fred Johnson being completely out of the loop and not knowing what the hell's going on, and that is a position that he does not like to be in at all, and he would like to never be in that position again, and so you sense his immediate frustration because for him, information is the lifeblood of his power. Yes. And if he doesn't know what's going on, uh, before everybody else, then he's in fucking trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's just dive right in. You're gonna
5: want to hear this story. And what story is that? Maybe it's the one about why the rock guy sent you to exploded into a nuclear fireball, <laughs> or what happened to the OPA Be operative. Super
0: sarcastic, hostile to find. start is great. Or
5: maybe it's the story of where the hell you've been since then without one goddamn word of communication back to me. We were
0: on Eros. We barely got out alive. And the only reason we're here now is to see if you want to do something about it.
4: Oh, we're wasting our time here. Let's get out of here. This guy's no soldier. He's too busy counting bolts. Who the hell is this asshole? The asshole who found your operative. Her name was Juliet Andromeda Mao. In case you're interested, she died alone. On Eros, waiting for you OPA chair to come help her. What happened on that station? It wasn't a biohazard emergency. Someone was testing a weapon. Julie uncovered a plan to unleash this thing on arrows. She tried to stop it, she got infected.
0: It was something new.
5: A life form. Possibly extrasolar in origin.
1: I also I, I like I like that idea of OPA desk jockeys. You know, <laughs> like like there's like Al Qaeda desk jockeys out there, just like people in like violent extremist groups whose job is just to do the administrative and like payroll and hr stuff (laughs) right
2: like right like especially within the black sky faction right like those guys (laughs) like there's one there's one bean counter who has to make sure that all of their paperwork is in order
0: god that would be like the worst job in the solar system being the desk jockey for black sky faction
2: it'd also be a hilarious sitcom though (laughs)
0: it cr- <laughs> oh if only I was a comedian and could riff on that rather than just cackle at the mental image that it creates um, yeah so so uh, yeah Fred is is absolutely caught with uh, his metaphorical pants down and he does not like it uh, that is mm-hmm. that is a lot of information that he was totally unaware of Yeah. Um, I get the impression that like Anderson Dawes knew more but Anderson yeah. and uh, more Fred... about Julie, more yes. about
2: Julie specifically, definitely. Yeah. Um and and honestly, I can't really blame Fred for being as pissed off as he is cuz he did just send them on a uh, gunship mm-hmm. and then they disappear and mm-hmm. then the places that he sent them to start blowing up and nobody's <laughs> calling him. Well, so, he's also,
1: he's very, he has a, a real sense of entitlement over their gunship, right? Yes. Like, like it's not Fred Johnson's gunship, but he's very no. much like, hey, you're my crew. And it's like, it, it's but as, he, but hey, he strapped fucking. the
0: gas containers to the outside. So therefore, and then they well, didn't bring those back either. They're
1: not getting, I guess they're not getting their deposit back.
2: <laughs> I mean, if they do take command of, you know, the the Rossi now. Their uh the OPA's Navy would uh be about a hundred percent stronger overnight just with that one ship yeah. so I mean I can understand why he definitely wants to at least have it you know nearby to help him as as best he can
0: oh yeah no, yeah it's a huge asset.
1: But so let's uh, let's let's tune in real quick and see what the the crew of the Ross and Ante is up to, um, because they're all kind of settling in. They have some time to decompress and relax on Tycho and get into some fun stuff. And so, uh, you know, Amos and uh, Alex are uh, uh, getting very close, (laughs) hanging out, being best buds, BFFs, if you will. There was
2: no yeah. way i wasn't putting this clip in here fair <laughs> enough i
4: can even get you a job if that's the case. i don't want to bunker a job i want to fight the innards who kill my home amos hey, i think we should check in on them once they get settled you do that you know they're, they're rockhoppers, right they don't have the skills for this place be ashamed they get stuck in group housing hey, with some cow. shitty job have right yeah that'd be a real shame check out fire you know the only reason they infected Eros is because it's got the poorest belters in the system, right? The ones no one gives a Are shit you about. Are you trying to make yourself feel bad about this? I'm going to feel better when I watch those assholes burn. Look, I'm for
0: killing whoever needs killing, but it's
4: not going to make you feel better. <laughs> Once we saved, we only saved by accident. We, we should have saved more. We saved us. Crew comes first. If we would have have back from strays, we'd end up dead like them. We should have at least tried. We could have filled the Rossi with people, but we didn't. What the hell does that say about us, homie? Huh? You, you can talk all day long about, you know, looking out for yourself and minding your own business, trying to survive. It all boils down to an excuse, and that excuse ain't worth a good goddamn when the world is burning down around you. I mean, doing nothing is just as bad as doing the wrong thing. Being a bystander. I mean, what kind of people are we that we only help? <laughs> Sorry, uh,
5: uh, I think that's chance taken. The copain say he buy me drinks if I sit here
2: and listen to you.
0: Hey, oh. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, yeah, that was pretty great. That was pretty great. Um, yeah. But I think we don't really need to do too much of an introduction here on this next bit. Um, but we were speaking about Black Sky earlier and... Uh, why a bean counter for Black Sky Faction would be such a funny premise for a sitcom will be readily apparent uh, right after this. So let's just jump right in. You're just an earther
4: playing belter. We don't need you giving That's us orders, and Sky. we don't need you yeah. picking our targets. Me and mine? We just hacked a UN drone on Earth. Came this close to wasting that whoopo of such a weird. That... Thing how you get the
5: inner's attention. And how do you suppose that's gonna play out? don't know yet,
4: but we've got cells, on cities, on palace, Hygieia. When we hit the inner's a hundred more time, we are gonna find out?
5: Well, I'm sorry I wasted your time. (laughs) You're not wasting my time, Atta.
4: You're the one who don't belong here. Maybe it's time. Real Belta took what should be ours, like Anderson Dawes on series. Maybe now, maybe
5: now it's our time. <laughs>
1: And he gets. It's in <laughs> it <happened laughs> a plague.
5: It was a genocide on Belters. Done by those who think we're weak. Divided. A thousand different tribes scattered across the belt. Who could never unite and fight back? Well, we're going after those who kill Eros. Tell that to your factions. I need 50 good fighters
0: send your best I like that 50 good fighters has a list of characters that we know and I would not have classified them as among the 50 good fighters but <laughs> it is what it is and it makes for you know plot lines and comedic interview intervening motions and sh- I don't know um, but yeah black sky uh, <laughs> definitely the shoot first ask questions later and we'll figure this yeah. out. As it happens, uh, step step A,
1: step
2: A, people. Not so much step B. <laughs> yeah, we going to find out. It's like okay, I, I mean, at least you're honest, but He's very man, honest. When Fred Johnson moves fast, things end efficiently <laughs> because he is not somebody who runs around or does a lot of physical work. But you know, you know his history, and he. Once he decided I'm spacing this man, it it just happened. There was no flash or any of that. Nope. It it was I'm spacing you, bye, Down and, and that was the end of it.
0: Got the job yeah. done. It seemed to it seemed to shut everybody else up. Uh, yeah, it did make a point. <laughs> it made a bit of a point uh, with all of the rest of the factions that were standing around. I noticed that nobody nobody really stepped in in any way to intervene. I think they all. Probably hated that guy. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, he was definitely the uh, might makes right, you know, uh, alpha dog, you know, type character. And mm. so it's like, well, I don't want to fight him. Oh, he's just going to space
0: him. Yeah, fine. Fuck it. I <laughs> honestly think that's, that was the thought process. I, I, Yes, most likely. Most likely. All right. So moving forward, there's a, uh, a bit of a, a whiskey discussion going on. You want to set us up for the clip? Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So
1: uh, Alva Sorala and Admiral Souther are meeting uh, because Admiral Souther obviously is no longer in command of the UNN fleet. He's going to be shipping out to the Jupiter fleet um, to be participating in this sort of happening, sort of not happening war that's apparently brewing. So uh, Alva Sorala kind of ambushes him because I think she realizes that she needs him on her side.
0: Not only does she need him on her side, she also needs information, and uh, one yeah. way to get that information is um, she understands how people think, and she understands how to play on their emotions, and she plays Souther like uh, a uh, finely tuned machine here, so let's go right into it. It's great, great dialogue.
3: Now, why don't you grow a pair and tell me what you really think, which is two people having a drink, no ranks, Yeah. I'll get the ball rolling, I'm a smug old bitch who enjoys playing with life and death on her big chessboard, a snake in a sari... With dead eyes and a poisoned tongue, and the solar system is in tatters because of people like you and Wright. Despite your delusions to the contrary, you, Madame Undersecretary, may be the worst person I have ever met. feel good getting that out of your system. Well, that was the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. Now, why don't you grow up here and tell me why you're here? Tell me about Fred Johnson. When he joined the OPA and everyone lined up to stone him, you stayed quiet. Why? There was plenty said about him. I understand it's hard to watch a war here. You don't there. understand I shit that... about Fred Johnson. Enlighten me. Oh, then you want the real story? Yes. I got this from someone who was there, someone I trust. Your predecessors in the previous administration buried it. The Belters who seized control of Anderson Station were trying to negotiate for days. U.N. Command was jamming their comms. But when the Belters finally gave up, Colonel Johnson wasn't told that they'd surrendered. If he knew, he would have never called that strike in. Why wasn't he told? Because the powers that be wanted to send a message to the belt Defy us, we wipe you out, message sent And Fred Johnson switched sides, why? As a revenge against Earth? The UN pinned a medal on his chest for Anderson Station He was a hero to Earth and despised everywhere else All based on a lie But you know what, he never said a word Didn't even try to clear his name Just walked away So does that make him a hero or a traitor? I don't know what it makes him. But I know that he's an honorable man who held on to his soul, and that is a tough thing to do in this line of work. Not bad. But I prefer beer.
0: She's buying. For context for folks, that was uh, uh, probably a... $50, $60 50-60 shot at a bar right now of luggage. I
1: mean that that's in 2021 prices. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. you know within inflation 300 years into the future it's well, going to be a bit more i, I imagine I mean
0: i'm saying that's why i said right now like if you go to a bar right now that was probably 50-60 bucks worth of uh scotch which uh I, yeah it, it, it's given given the um absolute and utter Uh, global climate crisis chaos that has been uh, shown and evidenced in the opening sequence as you're watching Manhattan build a seawall and the Statue of Liberty be uh, reduced, the island being reduced to basically like um, a dry dock around the pedestal uh, and she's up to her ankles in uh, ocean water. Uh, Those kinds of luxury goods are probably even more expensive in addition to the inflation. There's probably... It's more difficult to manufacture those kinds of things, one would assume. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that was a great exchange.
2: Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, I mean, the the actor who plays Southern is just great because you know he played you know very great you know straight up and down, and you can tell that he's pissed off. And then when he gets to cut loose. You know, out of the command structure, he really gets to cut loose and is just, you know, I'm sick of your shit. You've always known that I'm sick of your shit. So why don't we just be honest with each other? And, you know, through that, we get to learn a little bit about Fred and learn that uh, what happened at Anderson Station was not so clear cut.
0: Yeah, we saw we saw the uh, the flashbacks for that were playing throughout. um, I forget if it was the last episode or if it was at the end of season one. Um, season one. End of one. End of season one. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we we all have seen as the audience the, the absolute uh, disaster that was what happened with Anderson Station. And uh, you can understand how that would weigh heavy upon the conscience of the man who pulled the trigger, so to speak. Um, I did think it was amusing that they showed him, like, outside of an airlock with a gun in his hands after the station got blown up for some reason. He needed to be. Yeah armed with small arms, but whatever. Um, Okay. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a great bit of context to explain why he is the man he is and why he's in the position he's in right now. Um, But yeah, so going back to the topic of send me 50 of your best fighters, Um, 50 of your best. When, (laughs) what is it? Listen, (laughs)
2: man, the OPA has to do the job with the tools they've got. That is what we always do, that is what we've always done. Sometimes you just have to make it work with
0: bubble gum and duct tape. All right. Speaking of bubble gum and duct tape, here we go. belt to Lambda. We put these oh, wait, you should, you know, in the no, hurry. before,
1: before, <laughs> let's a explain. So the they're getting up? ready to assault the station yes. where they traced the um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the signals from arrows being sent. So this is like where Dresden and the other people involved in Protogen are uh, most likely posted up. And so the big plan is to send the Rossinante in there as the big assault gunship and then basically have two... Um cargo containers with Routine rocket pods. engines strapped to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean if you wanna if you wanna give them the benefit of the doubt. But they're I really guess. just cargo containers with with rockets strapped to them uh to carry the assault crew with them. And they, um they I they think you're, you're even being they I have explosives
2: at the nice other end too. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's let's just, be real, these are trash cans with dynamite. That's what yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: and these are these are you know, this is one of those one of those missions with a very low survival probability on it you know um even if everything goes right eh, probably everyone's not walking away from it but so this is cutting to the interior of one of these uh we will graciously call it a landing capsule uh as it hurdles towards this uh station
0: <laughs> it's a landing capsule is much more complicated but yes <laughs> uh, i need to turn it back on again there we go Boy, belt to loud we put these down. cans together in a hurry. It'll get a little bumpy when the thrusters fire.
4: Bumpier than this? <laughs> when you hit the ring, the port oh, and, will spill to the hole. The station shouldn't vent any air, but keep
3: your helmets on anyway. In case, try not to puke
4: it. Uh question. What's the go signal? You know, for, the, uh, for the assault. That will explode and turn
5: into a door. Good hunting.
4: Stay away from the aqua. <laughs> Stay away from the aqua. <laughs> Star <from> Helix, <laughs> what you doing here? You lose a bet.
0: Oh. <laughs> Diogo <laughs> The return of Logan's favorite character. Oh.
2: <laughs> he is such a shithead, I love him.
0: I cannot stand that little shit. <laughs> like, Oh, uh, he's so—he's uh, just so obnoxious. But yes, Diogo, <laughs> Diogo has survived. Uh, you know, he—he—he he, he escaped from the tunnels as being a, a a promising young water thief on series to becoming a. He tried to go straight with his uncle uh, Mateo, who uh, stranded him on the float. Uh, as he went uh, suicide mission against the uh, small Martian uh, patrol skiff that was just doing its job collecting tax revenues you know minding its own business and, and pointing out like that you have got to pay your registration fees because if you don't pay your registration fees like how are we going to keep you safe from the pirates out there it's like yeah you know this is just how this how this commerce thing works buddy like you just got to pay up and, and oh if you start to threaten us yeah we're going to have to confiscate all of your haul and hold the lien against it until you pay your fees and yeah tough shit sorry buddy uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Martians were dicks. Um, <laughs> but Di- uh, Diogo, he, you just can't shake him. You just can't shake him. He just keeps coming back. Uh, it's oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, he. <laughs> do we get his 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 glorious, uh, entry? Do we get that clip? I think we probably do. Um. At some point here, but we'll we'll, we'll get to it eventually. Well, yeah, we, we'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Needless to say, uh, they are now uh, launching, and so the, the the trick is that by by hiding the Rossi in their radar shadow, by basically keeping it in close formation uh, with the uh, the freighter that they're they're on, mm-hmm. they're able to effectively. Bake, turn the Rossi into what is amounting to a stealth ship just because they hide it behind the other ship. Uh, so yeah. the station can't see them coming. Uh, then they can pop out at the last minute. It's a clever ruse, uh, setting it up as a, a floating cargo uh, vessel that they're they're being like, no, 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 that's our salvage. Uh, we need to go and get that. You can't take it from us. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that that floating cargo container is in fact a gunship. Uh, that makes a quick move to attack the stealth fighter that is protecting the station. Um, but yeah, this next clip is uh, Old Trick. You want to set that one up for us? I mean, yeah, it's I really
2: mean, it's the preparation of the assault and we, because of what? a lot of this episode is us just learning about Fred Johnson and he starts letting us in a little more into his thought process.
1: Yep.
0: Okay, then let's play it.
5: I thought I was done with all this. Sending people to their deaths.
3: Before or after you spaced the Black Sky guy? Ah. Everybody here is a volunteer.
5: That was the old trick. Get them to believe that it was their own idea. <sighs> Ratsanate, we are a go.
2: Yeah. And that's. Really, that that, that's more of just the the period on the sentence of why Fred Johnson is where he is with the OPA is, you know, after what you hear about Souther, you know, what Souther said about him of, you know, they pinned a medal on his chest and most of the system other than Earth hates him and it was all based on shit that he didn't actually do, and it was manipulated for him to do that and it was supposed to be his idea to do it. But in fact, it was through the manipulations of earth and the previous administration, uh, to make that happen because that was what they wanted to happen.
0: Yeah. They decided that they wanted to send a message, uh, that, you know, the workers cannot rise up against their masters. And therefore, if you do, we will come down on you with a heavy fist. Um, and you know, it really shows that like in this, version of the 24th century um the economic realities genuinely have not changed anything from what they are right now which you know it's it's a truly a dystopian way of looking at things and i fear every day that we are going straight forward in that direction but this is why we must you know the workers of the world must unite and uh, socialism must win because this shit can't be allowed to be the reality that we get to live with yeah. Um, and if
2: you're a good cop, you should quit because that's what Fred Johnson did.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: but we, we get to check in here a little bit more with Diogo. And this is uh, some of the stuff you were talking about earlier, Chris, is uh, Diogo explaining why he's now uh, fully in with the OPA, like he's a, a frontline soldier for them. And rather, you know, rather than just sort of being, you're running the mill belter, like he's, he's a fully OPA, you know, zealot now.
2: And I mean, you can see how, you know, the the machine basically ground him into becoming radicalized and he traces his whole journey in you know just a few sentences
4: here we go hey hey when did you soldier up last time i saw you you were you were stealing sewer water from the gregas wouldn't have if i knew they were paying in arthur's grip but you used to that bright star helix need to get nasty no really what you doing here? It's on arrows. No shit. You see what they did there? Isn't pretty. We gotta burn them all down, Oala. Uh, make them pay. Did they, did they just cut us loose? Nah, we with our own air now, it's all. You look like you see your own ghost. They just... hate space. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of belter are you, bumper? <laughs> don't worry, I grew up on sheep like these. My uncle Mateo had this rob hopper. He'd take me along sometime. I don't care. My uncle was a hero. He died fighting the He put me out here lock because he had love for me. Now I fight like he did. You're still talking. If another belter ship don't see the blasting come for me, i still be on the float. All this dust, bonus time for me, Sasuke! Stick next to me, okay? I'll look out for it when we land. Oi, Pampa,
0: I keep an eye on you, old man. (laughs) All this is just bonus time. Yeah, yeah. That's a way to live. (laughs) I mean, it's the way that Belters have lived for quite a long
2: time. Just, you know, if you You're probably gonna die young and if you have a near miss, well, you were already on borrowed time, so do something interesting
0: yeah oh that he does that he does. uh we'll get into he's he's a yeah uh, uh, fucking Diogo
1: <laughs> yeah, but now we but now we get to see the rocinante do what it was built to do because yes. it's you know it's a war it's a, a warship. it was meant to shoot bullets and kill things, which. Uh, The crew doesn't really get into all that much.
0: Thankfully, because it takes a heavy toll on the ship. Um, But I got to say this for me, this is one of those moments in this series where the science nerd in me, the engineer in me was just like, wow, they actually like made it look the way that it would probably look like. They do the right steps. They evacuate the air because you don't want an explosive decompression event. They yep. make sure everybody is in a spacesuit because you don't. <laughs> Wait, want... explain. Explain what an explosive decompression event would oh, be. Oh, so in inside the ship, if you're not wearing a spacesuit, you're doing that because there's oxygen and nitrogen in the air around you uh, that is held at something close to one atmosphere of pressure, most likely pretty close to one atmosphere of pressure, and you know. That means that there's 15 pounds of pressure on every square inch of the outer shell of the ship. And if you shoot uh, PDC or any any kind of ammunition through that shell and there is that pressure there, the pressure will then want to go, oh, whoo and explode out, which will potentially cause a lot more damage than just the puncture wounds that you would get from that round. And instead the <laughs> whole thing could pop like a balloon, more of like a, you know, a metallic balloon, but still not a good thing to be in. And uh, also on top of that, the, uh, when the decompression could happen, you then have the air flowing out uh, and pulling things with it, um, including mm-hmm. potentially people, if it's a big enough hole. So, the, the basically the preventative step to 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 ensure the safety of the crew during what they call close quarters battles uh, or close quarters uh, engagement um, that that is to to remove to basically suck all the air into the pressure tanks that are smaller and more protected uh, and those then are, are harder for the bullets to be hitting rather than the big pressure vessel that everybody's running around in um, mm-hmm. and we see that the you know. When the ship is on thrusters or is just, you know, in an orbital in, in any kind of a trajectory, there is zero g inside of the ship. And then suddenly the ship spins and goes the other way, and then you see the impact of gravity. And the way that that plays out is that they're basically they're floating, and then all of a sudden they're all being pushed down into their chairs, and then they're floating again, and they're all being pushed down into their chairs. And the tracer uh, effect, all of the debris that's left after the bullets pass through the ship, uh, really shows that. And it's just it's one of those things of just being like, wow, they actually thought about what it would look like to see combat in space, and they spent the money to pay the you know the graphics people to make it look that way. And I, uh, as a nerd, appreciate that. So yeah, let's watch some uh, engagement yeah. with the stealth ship.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Heads up, we got a bogey on the far side
0: of the ring. By the way, the. Audio levels between these different clips are insanely different. next to the ball. Oh, shit! I'm on it. The equivalent of the broadside engagement is. of like old school okay. pirate ships, We're of battles on the high good. seas. here they know that the Rosanante is massively outgunned by the other ship uh and it's mm-hmm. much smaller than the other ship so its main advantage is the fact that it is a nimble little son of a bitch and it is able to get in there and get out and move around in ways that make it more difficult for the stealth ship to track them but the stealth ship also has a rail gun on it which can just end everything for everyone in basically one shot uh if it's able to get it lined up and, and you know launch that round in time uh, so their whole job here is to distract that stealth ship so that it doesn't decide to take out the guy Molinari, which is the uh, the f- the freighter that uh, Fred and drummer are on uh, that launched the uh, uh, you know trash cans with rockets on them. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where that's at. Uh, and yeah, when a thruster is down, you lose your maneuverability.
2: And if you're a glass cannon, you need that maneuverability because (laughs) the Rossi can hit hard, but it cannot take too much of a punch.
0: Nope. So Amos has to go and fix it. uh, And that is a very risky thing for him to be doing. uh, But uh, it is it is Holden is correct in stating that without that thruster back, they are as good as dead. And therefore, Amos just needs to fix it. Anything else we need to say before we uh, play up the follow up? I
2: mean, Come. Amos has a heart of a belter. He, he, <laughs> He's going to go and fix that shit, even if it kills him.
0: Yep. <laughs> he gets beat up doing it. You can see the the railgun charging on the cell phone? That was actually... That's the, uh, the asteroid cannon we that's meant to, to blow up the... Uh, Coming asteroids. John, Amos,
4: we're about to do a hygiene no
0: attack.
2: Give me a second. That's secure. Alex, move! About fucking time. Amos, you are not secure in this life. <laughs> no! The magnets can ah. hold on to something, that's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried.
4: So, you know what
1: it makes me think of? Nice work, Alex. Well done. what's it when, make you think when of? he pops up when he pops up from behind the habitat ring mm-hmm. and he's like surprise assholes it made me think of uhf when they opened the door for the supply closet and the karate masters in there and he just yells <laughs> supplies and then punches <laughs> one of the villains and... uh, uhf is still the best movie ever made period end of discussion <laughs> um we could have just go. stopped making movies after that but uh that was pretty thrilling and cool and uh so what did they do there, Chris? Like, how did they actually win that battle? Why, why are they able to uh, celebrate victory?
0: Well, so, uh, okay, so they, they blew up the, the, the you know, asteroid cannon, which means that the station now has no defenses against the boarding parties. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they have disabled the stealth ship. So now there's nothing else to interfere with them at all. Uh, it's actually an interesting question of how it is that they won because they shouldn't have been able to win. Like in the lead up to this, uh, Alex was doing many, many simulations and lost over and over and over and over again, and was not exactly confident going into this fight. Um, so something seems up with that, but they don't really get into it too much. But the, basically somebody was like asleep at the wheel or something where the crew just wasn't paying attention and uh the way that the Racinante snuck around the the inside of the ring and it appeared apparently the stealth ship just wasn't aware of it and lost that situational awareness and uh the you know the Racinante did a little barrel roll around it uh resulting in uh it pumping it full of uh lead so to speak Pro- meh, probably maybe maybe it was lead i don't actually know um and uh yeah they they just dealt more damage what i want to know is why they didn't then go in like Salvage that ship, the one full of stealth technology and all that advanced weaponry. But, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would also, I would maybe not want, you know, to, to have my around.
0: fingerprints.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would maybe not want to have my fingerprints all over one of the pieces of technology that might get us all killed. Like, that probably wouldn't, that probably wouldn't do good for, for making people think that I, James Holden, am not responsible for this entire clusterfuck. Fair, fair. Yeah. But it was like, it was pretty interesting i think it also points out that like you know the protogen people like the military side of this operation isn't actually all that good at what they're doing like them killing the donager was almost you know uh luck and the element of surprise when when they get surprised they get out fought by the crew of the rossinante who have like actual professional soldiers on them like three of the crew yeah. are former soldiers in one of these militaries so yeah. You know, there's, there's something kind of kind of cool going on there. Um, but let's talk about what happens uh, when they actually get inside the habitat ring here because they have no idea what they're walking into. Nobody has been in this place. Nobody's done any scouting. It is this abandoned communications facility or supposed to be abandoned um, where the worst science experiment ever is apparently being
0: controlled. Yeah, I mean, let's just play the clip from uh, when they land. Old
2: doctor, Look like nobody home, maybe. <laughs>
4: Hold ah! your fire.
0: Oh, that's priceless. And Miller,
2: basically, the only person. Who is just like, hey, we have things to do other than just Don't everything. shoot
1: all the bullets at the first yeah. person you see. Yeah. Save some of them.
4: And yeah. Okay. There's a Joe around.
0: <laughs> Invincible me! Christ, I hate him so much.
2: (laughs) The the best. But you're Uh, getting the sense, you know, like the indication of, you know, it's a jail round. It just shows that they aren't really prepared to fight with lethal ammunition. And they may not really have a lot of people that know how.
0: Yeah. Or basically any, uh, I think is the way that all works out. Uh, But they do have some very, shall we say, um interesting characters on board and uh we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and introduce one of them right now because there's not really that much we can say about it you just kind of see what happens and then we'll talk about it after
2: Yeah, for the listeners it's a number of scientists that are all mentally connected hey.
1: yep they're all wearing blue helmets least, they're, with yeah they're Google hooked up to some sort of a some sort oh, shoot, of a crazy man. computer system
2: hey yeah and they Come cannot perceive people outside of their own minds right now
0: and they're all doing gestures like it's Minority order of course. yeah They've got blue LED tubes beating into their heads.
2: Which and, and belters are naturally confused. <laughs> yes!
4: <laughs> I
0: forgot how much louder this guy, got. Get this guy out here.
4: Nothing
0: happens to this guy. Get him out of here. Stuff here. Uh, yeah. So, so um, they, they save away... one
4: scientist.
0: Yeah, they, they they execute four scientists and they pull one out. Um, his name is Cortazar. We learn that later. Uh, but the yeah, the basic gist is that these are people who are very focused on their jobs. They are in what we would call the zone. Um, what was that? What was that uh, phrase from?
1: Um. Uh, the social network, uh, plugged in, something like that.
0: I haven't seen that movie yet, man.
1: You uh, haven't seen the so- no. Oh my god, it's so good! But yeah, know, there's what, when what everybody's like about. coding, they're like, "Oh, don't bother him, he's plugged in" or whatever. Yeah, um, but they're basically that—they're just dead to the world.
0: Yeah, completely oblivious. And then they all, as soon as you pull away the the juice, they uh, they all go a little bit, a little bit angry. Uh, they do not They do not react well to losing that stimulation. Uh, and the Belters are understandably confused and then react in the way that they just have been itching to react. And, um, yeah, not many people make it out of alive after that. So uh, yeah. that's just kind of how that rolls. Uh, and we'll learn more about what exactly those scientists were up to uh, when we listen to the big bad evil guy explain what the fuck is going on. So without further ado enter dresden the possibly most heinous sack of shit aside from his boss uh in the solar system so here we go you and infected also hold them and have full of it. Oh, yeah. save us all
5: you're gonna have to be a hell of a lot more specific than that
0: true socio
4: we made a discovery on phoebe an extra solar life form we found your lab notes in the nervous. Maybe you can appreciate what it is: an organism that can repurpose other life forms and use them to evolve. Into what? That's what we're trying to find out. In a controlled, isolated environment that can be sterilized if it gets out of hand. Oh. Could have fed it about of bacteria. Uh, I'm not interested in the cosmic fate of bacteria. The protomolecule is proof that we're not alone in the universe and our ticket out of the limitations that bind us to these pathetic little bubbles of rock and air. If we master it, we can apply it. Apply it to what? To everything. We become our own gods. Imagine human beings able to live in hard vacuum without a suit or under the crushing atmosphere of a gas giant or able to hibernate long enough to travel to the stars. And that's why you were willing to start a war? Have you heard of Genghis Khan? He built one of the greatest empires in human history. Killed or displaced a quarter of the entire population on Earth during his conquests. Today, that's the equivalent of 10 billion people. Eros is hardly a rounding error by comparison. And that justifies all this. Of course global warming? The protomolecule wasn't sent here by accident. Earth was its target. It was sent to hijack life on our planet for its own ends. You can't save Eros. All you can do now is waste the data and ensure that every man, woman, and child on that rock die for nothing. The data will erase itself if anyone other than me tries to decrypt it. Without this work, humanity will be left unarmed, ignorant, vulnerable to an enemy who has already fired the first shot. I don't care who controls the project, so long as I can get back to my work. No restrictions.
5: So we have an understanding. We're going to need complete access to the data, as well as the names of everyone responsible for setting this in motion. Done.
2: Nope, it's not that TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, it's not. It's not. This is the moment where Josephus Miller becomes a true belter.
0: <laughs> I think that was actually the moment. That was the moment.
1: But <laughs> so question of the day as we as we wrap out uh, episode uh season two, episode two here. Uh God, do you word? shoot Dresden? Chris. Uh yes. Yeah.
0: Alright. All right.
1: Yeah. i mean logan he, he killed
0: yeah. hundreds of thousands of belters just like like that like
2: if no. they're if they're gonna if they're gonna paperclip dressed in he's he's getting got just <laughs> like immediately
1: <laughs> I, just, I mean if you I were gonna put him in fucking rude. jail
2: or whatever and not let him have access to anything and just make him answer questions okay fine you know we do what we want but if you were really gonna put him back on like no that motherfucker's going down immediately I, I mean, genuinely know, like, appreciate Operation using paper clips. Operation Paperclip, paperclip got us yeah. to
1: where we are, so you know. <laughs> but I will, I will, I will say this to be to sort of be the odd man out here, uh, just so we have a little bit of dissent on the panel. You know, <laughs> one one dead Belter isn't much of a tragedy, and a million dead Belters isn't much of a statistic. So I say let Dresden live. Let's ex- let's exploit that brain <laughs> for the the protomolical control. <laughs> well. This is, not, this is not how I actually feel anybody out there actually listening. Three people agreeing does you not know, an interesting podcast make. The OPA was feeling kind of fine with
2: Earth, but and being pissed at Chris's very violent rhetoric toward the Belters, but I guess, you know,
0: we're fucked either way, aren't we? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but it, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting moral quandary because it, it does it does present itself uh, in such a way of like well this this you know it's a sunk cost situation when, from a strictly like mm-hmm. pragmatic perspective like all these people are already dead um, you can't bring them back and there is information to be learned but it's at, at what price like at what at what cost to the like the human soul do you engage with the continuation of that experiment and um, I, I've Frankly, I've never heard anyone refer to uh, paper clipping as a verb, um, and it has never been more appropriately used, uh, to my knowledge, but it is the perfect verb to uh, describe what that action would have been had they taken um, uh, Dresden in and let him continue to run that operation from yes. apparently the safety of Tycho, uh, which would have done well for him. He would have loved it. Uh, <laughs> it's... T-
2: yeah. Wow. What Joe a... said no.
0: Joe, Joe <laughs> said no. <laughs> I liked in the lead up to that, like the, the, he kept glancing over at Fred and James Holden and was just like, are you guys, are you thinking, buying this? What, like he kept, he kept checking in and he didn't like what he was seeing. I like that. Yeah. He later explains that, you know, uh, Dresden was talking too much sense. And so he had to be shot. Um, yeah, that's yeah.
2: Yeah. Dresden was done with me at Eros is hardly a rounding error
0: that was no no my dude I I did I did uh, that was one of those fun fun little like interesting facts not fun but an interesting fact that you learn if you you know, delve into what happened with uh, Genghis Khan or Genghis Khan I believe is how you're supposed to pronounce his name. Uh, for the pedantic folks out there, but the you know he killed off so many people that basically agriculture took a step back for a little bit, and the forests regrew, and that actually reversed the trends of uh, CO two production. So you actually saw a dip in global CO two levels, um, you know, after the the Mongol invasion of all of Asia and half of Europe. Uh, like it, it noticeably impacted global CO2 levels. You can see it in, uh, the ice core, uh, data, uh, and go, Oh, huh. A lot of people died. Didn't they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people died. So we would really like in order to, you know, start to change those CO2 levels now, can we like not do it that way? Cause that's like pretty much what's going to end up happening. If we don't find something else to do, you know, on the heels of, you know, earth day this week, uh, it feels very prescient that we need to fix this shit, and uh, let's not let's not have another fucking drinkers Cron to do it. So, um, Green New Deal, folks, it's it's yes. for real. Uh, thank you, AOC and and Bernie, and hopefully Ed Markey's getting in on that action as well. And uh, seems like he is. And Uncle Joe ain't gonna do shit. <sighs> Joe said no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're an hour and five minutes into this so far, so I guess this answers the question of whether or not we were going to get through two episodes today. And The answer to that is a big fat no. Uh, That ain't Uh, happening. These first two (laughs) episodes
2: are just so dense. There's just so much table setting that has to be done, and so I I just didn't think that we were going to get to to three at all today.
0: But I appreciate your valiant effort of uh, getting the time codes out so that Squirrel was able to pull them. I was able to load them up, and we were able to pull this show off more or less on time. Uh, this week, but we'll we'll be back here next week. Uh, same yep. time, same channel, same stuff. New content as always. Um, but squirrel, do you have any any parting wisdom for us to go out on before we uh, sign off for the night?
1: Uh, no, uh, all the space stuff is really cool. We're going to be seeing more stuff from space, and also, you know, Chris. Before you go, one more thing you have to explain to everyone. Oh no! So uh, <laughs> no. Proxima Centauri uh, yeah. is apparently belching out a lot of. A lot of stuff. And I was hoping you could just explain the, the physics of how long it would take to get to Proxima Centauri, which is four uh, light years away.
0: For, uh, it would take a very, very, <laughs> very, very long time. Uh, we cannot. I, I, what, what's the sp- What? How fast is the Voyager? I, I'm going to look this up really quick before we go. So uh, speed of Voyager probe. Uh, I think it's Voyager 2. Uh, it's currently traveling at 35,000 miles per hour. Um, so, four light years at 35,000 uh, miles per hour. Don't fail me now. Google. Uh, oh, God. How long would it take to get to... Uh, bah, 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 bah. So, it's you know, 186,000 miles per second for light. Um, okay. So it's a long it's a long long way to go uh, so 20,000 miles an hour uh da, 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 what is it 100, 137,000 years uh if we go at you know the speed of, oh wait, that's this math is all over the place i don't know what's going on here a long yeah. fucking time a very very long <laughs> fucking time uh this yeah. this web page failed me um, no, but it, it, it's weak. We cannot travel at anything even approaching a uh, a fraction of the speed of light, uh, which you know, c is the the uh, the physics constant for the speed of light. Uh, and when people are talking about the speed of extremely fast moving things, they start talking about like .01 c and all that, which there's like basically no way we can ever get ourselves to that point unless we were using like an ion drive powered with a nuclear reactor, and even then. It's going to take, you know, a few hundred years for us to accelerate to a, uh, any kind of a meaningful uh, fraction of the speed of light. Um, and, yeah, just multiply that by, you know, the inverse of whatever that fraction is uh, times four light years. And that's kind of your answer, which is a long fucking time. Uh, that's why uh, that big ship that we're going to be talking about next episode uh, is equipped to be multi-generational. Um, and I... I I just cannot get over the mental image of what would cows in space look like. Yeah, because um, they definitely are building that ship to put cows in space, and the, that kind the entire of entire
2: description from the Mormon perspective. The entire—I don't think I had that clip in there, but maybe we'll find it later. But just yeah. the way pull it up for next week. the way the Mormon missionary describes it, and you're just going yeah how are any of you going to do this? In what way does this at all work? And the answer is, we're never going to (laughs) know.
0: And tune in next week to find out why we're never going to know when shit starts to get real wild real quick. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for bearing with us last week when we we, uh, had to push for a little bit. But we'll be back soon. And uh, see you then. So uh, stay tuned. See you next week.
2: Later. Bye, friends.